This is Coach Chris Holtman. You're listening to Drive the Lane Podcast. Welcome back to Drive the Lane. Maybe our best episode so far of the month of December, okay, which is only two episodes. No football to talk about, but we talk a little football. <laughs> talk about Ohio State's win over Rutgers that should have or should have not counted. You're about to find out. We have a great interview previewing the Ohio State-North Carolina game with our great friend, Coach Seth Greenberg, presented to you by our friends at BrainFuel, B-R-E-I-N-F-U-E-L.com. Joey, let's start with this. C.J. Stroud did not win the Heisman. Is that going to hurt or help Ohio State's chances of winning the national championship? Can I give you an alternate answer? Sure. It doesn't mean a damn thing. <laughs> First of all, great for C.J. Stroud, two-time you know, finalist. Like, all that's great. Obviously, he would have loved to win it. Probably would have won it if we beat Michigan, which probably makes that sting a little bit more. But, like... He went there knowing he wasn't going to win. Like, he's been practicing knowing he's not going to win. It's just a great experience. But like Caleb Williams said, at least he has an opportunity to win it, even though he didn't win the Heisman. Um, so it'll be interesting, man. Like, obviously, JSN not being there um, kind of sucks. But, like, this will be a fun few weeks. We talked about it with Bobby Car- Carpenter last week. Like, it'll be an interesting few weeks on how to, how the game playing and everything goes. But to answer your question, it's like, I don't think – I I think it doesn't matter. Um if he would have won it, like, would have been cool, right? But, um, yeah, I don't think it changed just much of his approach and definitely not any thing about Ohio State's approach as a team. Um, I think Caleb Williams should have won. I would have liked to see someone else win. I think that Stetson Bennett being there was more of, like, a lifetime achievement award than it was, like, uh, him actually being a Heisman finalist. Like, Hinden Hooker not being there is insane. Um, so... Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, it's basketball season anyway, so, like, I wasn't really tuned into the Heisman finalist show. I was watching, like, Arizona versus Indiana instead. Um, but that's neither here nor there. Yeah, we're, we're going to have a lot of football content coming up real soon. But for the time being, we are locked in to basketball. You will you will hear what Coach Greenberg had to say about the, the Rutgers game. But I'm just going to say this. I think eventually, and then we'll talk about the actual game. First, let's talk about Tanner Holden's shot, which, as you saw, Jay Billis, Seth Greenberg, and others on social media allude to, it should not have counted technically by the rule because he's out of bounds, comes back in bounds, first one to touch it. I thought that was a football rule, but whatever. We're not refs. I will say this. Basketball rule. I think eventually stuff like that will be reviewable and game results will change. Might not be this year, might not be in five years, but eventually stuff like that will be reviewable. The first one where it happens will be crazy, but then eventually it will be normalized. So basically what I'm trying to say is in 20 years, Ohio State loses this game, but for now they want a hard-fought battle. It's interesting because uh, yesterday, Chargers-Dolphins Sunday Night Football – that game had a really bad roughing the passer penalty. And everyone's like on TV, they were talking about, can they review this, you know, subjective penalty? 
And like, while it is a rule, it's a little subjective, right? Did he establish, did he not establish, did he get pushed? Did he not get like stuff like that? It's going to be hard to review subjective penalties, like subjective rule changes, subject or rules, like subjective fouls, right? Like a blocker charge is up to interpretation to the refs. It's hard to review those. While I agree with you, I don't know if it's going to be as fast and as easy as, as it should be to do that, but that's neither here nor there. Like you said, Ohio State's walking out with a huge win that they stole away from Rutgers. Rutgers make your free throws, and the game is a little bit different. Um, we talk about that with, with Coach Greenberg. What We don't need to dissect the game. It was a hard-fought battle. Ohio State started incredibly well and were really solid for like 30 minutes. They kind of folded. Rutgers proved to be a little bit more, not maybe not tougher, but more veteran. They made more shots. They took, they got whatever they wanted on offense. Ohio State was was staying in the game and winning and losing and then going back and forth. Like it was a great, great Big Ten game. It's hard to win games in the Big Ten. Um, what stood out to me was number one, Zed Key should be talked about as one of the best, best big bigs in the Big Ten. Like, yes, he's not as big as Hunter Dickinson and Zach Eady and Trace Jackson Davis, but he is just one notch below those guys. He, you know, 21 and 14. If Zach Eady is 21 and 14, it's leading, you know, the ESPN college basketball segment, right? But when Zed Key does it, no one really talks about it. So Zed Key needs to get more love. He is the engine on this team. He is the emotional leader. I'm just becoming a bigger and bigger fan of his every single game. But what really stood out to me was how unbelievable Bruce Thorne was down the stretch, not necessarily on offense. He made a big three. He had some big plays. He's handling the ball the whole game, but my man took a huge charge. He dove for a loose ball at the end of the game, called timeout to get us the ball in a very crucial moment. And he made the pass and made the play to Tanner Holden. Like not a lot of freshmen can with five seconds left realize, okay, make, I'm doing this, miss, I'm doing that, and then act on it. Like, Bruce knew that he missed that shot. He needed to get the ball from from Bryce Sensible. He needed to take – he had three dribbles to play with, and he's either going to shoot it or pass it, and he made a great pass to Tanner Holden, who gamed it. So, Bruce Thornton said, key, man, like, those guys, especially with Ice likely not being there, like, they stepped up in a big way. It was awesome. Tanner Holden, man, my only hope is that that shot jumpstarts him for the rest of the season – to prove the offensive threat, shooter, whatever you want to say, and make him contribute at a really, really high level for Ohio State moving forward. The momentum of this game leading into not only the Big Ten in a few weeks, but North Carolina on Saturday is so, so massive. The difference between losing that game, because you really could look at it and say, we had all the chances in the world to win that game, versus we won that game, we kind of stole it, and we've got all the momentum going into North Carolina, which arguably could be the hardest non-conference game we play uh in msg like an awesome awesome game that's primetime cbs like just awesome game that's the kind of game that you win it's a big deal you lose and you look back and you're like dang i wish we would have won that one so i'm excited it's all good and great we talk about it more with seth greenberg i think it's about time we, we kind of uh move away from ohio state save it for the good part of of coach greenberg and quickly touch on um you know, the power rings for the rest of the Big Ten because the Big Ten is deep. Um, it's the best conference in college basketball for that reason, in my opinion. Do we have the top that the other conferences do? No. Do we have the bottom that other conferences do? Probably not either. But in terms of, again, we keep alluding to the Greenberg interview, but like 
no conference is better scouted. No conference can sit here and beat non-conference teams like we have. Um, it'll be really, really interesting because at the end of the day, the Big Ten is just going to beat up on itself all year, and that's why we really don't have a ton of success in March because of how physically tough it is, how many games there are, and how well scouted it is. But, like, Andrew, what do you – I mean, you saw – you've been seeing my power rankings as I've been nitpicking them through the, the past few days. What are, what are your thoughts? I got your power rankings right here. My thoughts are that you nailed it. Um, but, and we're not going to list every single one because you can go and see it on Twitter. But my, my question for you, Joey, is, you know, you put Michigan at the bottom as football school. Michigan is a team that last year struggled early on, similar to this year, ended up, you know, making a, a run in March. Where, where would you have them slotted if, if, you know, this wasn't a fun rankings and and 90% of it is, is accurate and and correct. But if you didn't have them as, you know, a football school, would you have them as frisky or would you have them as good? Which, I mean, I think you'd probably have them as fart noise, but for a different reason than, than Illinois fart noise. Um, yeah, I mean, Michigan's a top nine team in the conference, right? They're going to make the NCAA tournament. They're going to be firing at all cylinders probably come March. Um, I think that, uh, the reason why I the reason why I gave them their own thing is because I'm an Ohio State fan. But like the um, the truth of the matter is they don't really have like a great win. They com- they were competitive against a bunch of teams preseason. Obviously, they're ranked thinking that Jalen Noel is going to be um, a really really good player, which he struggled at the beginning of the year and now is out for the season. So is that point guard position, which is so important in Michigan basketball. You know, I watched a breakdown video of them. The same plays that they're running last year versus this year with Mike Smith at the point guard versus Jalen Llewellyn at the point guard is just so different um, in terms of the pace, the timing, the, uh, I mean, just executing in general. It's just different. They'd be in that good category, right? Like they're good based on reputation and having Hunter Dickinson, but like, you know, Jed Howard is awesome. But beyond that, it's like, what do they got? You know, their only win recently is against a terrible Minnesota team. Uh, terrible is mean. A, a not so good Minnesota team, which is probably the worst team in the Big Ten right now. The only team that you can look at the schedule and be like, not only should we win this game, we will win this game in the Big Ten, right? So I would have them slated in the good. They're maybe they're better than Frisky, but they're not as good as like uh, in my eyes, like the Ohio State's, the Michigan State's other teams of the world, like Penn state's playing better basketball than, than Michigan is. Right. So, um, but Penn state's the definition of frisky just because they shoot so many threes, they make a lot of threes too. Um, yeah, Michigan is a, there's a lot of question marks surrounding Michigan. There's just a lot. Yeah. I said to, to Greenberg at the end of the interview, so I'm not going to expect everyone's listening all the way to the end. So I want to sneak it in now. I said, you know, I think that, the big 10 this year will have three different teams in the sense of one team will win the regular season or Joey, as you know, I get pissed off about three teams could win the regular season, but one team will be the best team in the regular season. One team will win the big 10 tournament and one team will go the furthest in March. And I'm definitely not going to sit here and say, and this is who those teams are going to be. Well, do it, do it, do it. But why well, I, I was going to say, you know, Purdue will probably win the regular season. Probably seems like kind of a stretch. They are 2-0 and already, and I guess that 
start you off on the right foot. Other teams are one to know. Um, but I do think, you know, Purdue's unbelievable. They should probably win the regular season, but then that probably means they won't win the Big Ten championship. And then I think Michigan State, regardless of what they look like, are due for a deep March run. I suck wow. at gambling. I suck at gambling, picking what I think will happen. I suck at gambling, picking what have good odds or bad odds, depending on what you call good odds and bad odds. And I've done this before. I'm just going to, you know what? Izzo is due. I don't care who the team is. It could be me, you, Joshua Perry, Tyvis, and Greg Oden. As the starting five, that'd be cool. As the starting five. Cool, that's fine. We'd, cool. We'd As the starting five for, Ohio, for Michigan State, and I'd be like, what? Hey, you know, is those two? So Michigan State is my I'll, way too early. I'll tell you what's going to happen, Andrew. Purdue's going to win the regular season. Ohio State's going to win the tournament. And then Illinois is going to go the furthest in March. There okay. you go. But ju- but equally as far as Ohio State, because they're both going to win the national championship. Which is a more successful year? You ready? Sweet 16. Nope. You haven't heard the question. Sweet 16 or, or win the conference tournament? Sweet 16. Okay. That was the question? I think I think all that stuff is kind of kind of messed up now. I think teams don't get excited enough or hyped enough for some of the smaller accomplishments. I tell you what, we would get pretty excited at Ohio State if if we won a Big Ten regular season or tournament championship. Right, but think about Iowa. How quickly did Iowa's season last year go? Well, don't lose lose in the first round. I know, but now no one cares at all about the – let me tell you what people don't care about. Regular season Big Ten championship. Who was it last year? Who was it? Was it Wisconsin last year? They shared it. With Illinois. Yeah. yeah. No one cares because there's then a tournament that you go and win. It, it's almost silly to reward it. It should just be your seating, <laughs> but it is your seating, but it should, that's just all it should if be. You're playing for months. You dude. Yeah. But do you, does the NBA celebrate the one seed? They're, they're starting to this year. No, they're doing most wins, right? I don't know what they're doing, but. Hockey celebrates the best team. I I I think that there's something to be said. That's like college football, man. Just like they, they, you get, it's a big deal to win your conference. So, yeah, but you win. Oh, 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 oh! But there's a championship game. You're proving my point. If the top two teams in the Big Ten played one game and the winner was crowned the champion, that would be a lot cooler than just. Well, yeah. No, absolutely. But there's obviously perks to. Yeah. To, to winning your conference in, in basketball too. I that's uh that's an interesting point you make though, for sure. Also one guarantees you go to the tournament. One, if you're in the power five, you know, there's probably eight conferences where it guarantees it, if not more, that you go to the tournament. Technically not a guarantee, I guess, but you know you're saying football? No, no. In basketball it, it's cool to to win the Big Ten regular season. You're going to be in March Madness if you win the Big Ten regular season, but it doesn't technically qualify you for right. March Madness. Right. You ask any mid-major, would you rather win the regular season? Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, The conference tournament is the conference tournament. I, I wanted to say this when we talked about North Carolina real quick. Pretty crazy. North Carolina's next two opponents, back-to-back, Ohio State and then Michigan, not too many teams can say that they do that 
back to back in either basketball or football. So just a funny, especially little... out of conference, right? And so that means they will non-con have played Indiana, Michigan, and Ohio State. I think North Carolina to tell Titus and Tate, North Carolina's in the Big Ten honorary Big Ten team. That's hilarious. Yeah, it'll, it'll be a fun game this Saturday, man. Holy cow! If we beat them, then that it almost is like we should we should beat them, and it just proves that we're who we are. If we like get if we get like blown out by them, which I don't think we will, then it's like, damn, maybe North Carolina's good, or maybe Ohio State's not as good as we thought. And then if we blow them out, it's like, damn, maybe Ohio State's better than we thought, and maybe North Carolina's yeah. not as good as we thought. Like there's a lot. It, it this game will tell us more about North Carolina than Ohio State, I think, which is interesting. Yeah. It's funny because in football, if Ohio State would lose this game, all the Ohio State fans would be like, "Oh, they're going to use it as a bad loss." Blah blah, like kind of what you were you were just saying. So it is it is interesting. I told you this a few weeks ago. I'm still in football mode where yeah. I feel losses feel so much bigger at this point of the season because of how valuable they are in football when you're in the combo part. So I've now with seeing Ohio state be in the, in the top 25 with two losses this early in the season, you're reassured, Hey, you're allowed to lose games in basketball. Oh, yeah. Ohio state fans that may be getting ready to tune in for big 10 season. Spoiler alert, Ohio state's going to lose some games and it will not, well, they'll go undefeated, but the games, they <laughs> the games they don't win on their road to being undefeated. They're definitely going to go undefeated in the games they win, but if they, you missed that one. What? What? Sorry, what'd you say? I said they're going to go undefeated in the games they win. Oh, yeah, always. Yeah, so they'll go undefeated in the games they win, but they're going to lose some games, and that's okay. I don't know why we're still talking. We both tried to cut this off separate times probably 10 minutes ago, so should we get to Greenberg? Anything else you want to touch on with your power rankings? No, the fart noise is funny, though. That's funny. Yeah. Thanks. I think Underwood would be a fun drive-the-lane interview. I think so. Shout out quick shout out to Kevin Enright, who, who he's like kind of like a little bit of the brains behind the power rankings. He's he was uh he's as clued in as anybody is to Big Ten basketball. So shout out to Kevin. I me and Underwood, we could make that happen, I think. Yeah. Maybe not right now. <laughs> we'll make it happen eventually. Because this podcast lacks leadership. It would be a tough, tough sell. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get to our interview with Coach, friend, mentor, analyst, and all-around great guy, Seth Greenberg. All right, joining us now on Drive the Lane, making his triumphant return to the show, <laughs> our good friend, Coach Seth Greenberg. Welcome to the show. Dr. Z. Joe, I got a question. Why is it Dr. Z drives the lane? We, we've, we've joked about some different names that we should – Call the show. We have never considered Dr. Z drives the lane. Everybody I don't understand. I think that, boom, Dr. Z, boom, dropping dimes. You know, Joey, <laughs> you get the jumper in the corner. You're driving the lane. Dr. Z drops some dime. You knock down the jumper. I, I kind of like the idea of a logo that's literally Andrew driving the lane. And then I'm just like sitting on the bench, probably. That probably makes the most sense for what we'd be doing. I think basically your your graduation ceremony speech with the microphone. I think that'd be good. <laughs> Longer than Andrew Dockage. Not, a, not, not as long as Andrew Dockage's, but... <laughs> it was, it was man, when Andrew went, everyone was like, okay, can let's get this old man off off this mic. He's been here for a minute. <laughs> At least when I went there, like, okay, well, 
Joey's leaving. He's been here for 12 years. Like we, we could give him an extra minute or two. So that was nice of them. Exactly. Exactly. Are you guys still celebrating your illegal basket? That's the big question. Uh, great. That's a great place to start. So just to clarify what, what coach is talking about, Ohio state's win over Rutgers, uh, Tanner Holden standing out of bounds. What, what's the real rule with that? Should it have counted? No, it shouldn't have counted, but I mean, it's a really, really hard situation because the official, like the guys that were official, that, that was a, a, the one official that was on the play, actually, Roger Ayers, is, is the best. If I have a game home, away, Duke, Carolina, anywhere, I want Roger Ayers on my game. He is not a good official. He's a great official, and he knows the rule. The problem was, as the ball was coming up the floor, he was c- concentrating on the clock. Is there a foul? And, all, you know, and everything else. The trick that the, the other two officials probably should have seen it, but they knew the rule. They just kicked the rule. And look, the kid made a heck of a shot. The game was lost, in my opinion. Rutgers should foul too early in the backcourt. They, you know, like my rule was under five seconds. So if you pick up the ball in the backcourt, you match up, you try to turn the ball handler a couple times just by gapping and turning them. Then you go for the ball, you foul, and, you know, now all of a sudden it's four seconds. You know, four seconds is it's harder to make that play, but just a brutal way. Cause I really think Rutgers is a really good team. And I think that Ohio state right now, uh, they are starting to gain an identity. And those two freshmen have been a big part of that identity. Obviously Thornton and, and Sensabot to me are really good to compliment how well Zed key is playing. I think coach simple way to, and we're not biased on the show at all. If, if Rutgers just makes that free throw, the game's over. Just game's make the free throw. Yeah, you're right. And Caleb, yeah. McConnell missed the free throw yesterday against you all. See, there you go. And and also I had some funny jokes that were sent to me about that game. They said that uh, um, Tanner Holden was out getting a pretzel on the concession stand and then made the three, which I thought was very funny. So yeah, that's, that's pretty good. You know, and you know, that, that, that shot could really help. But if you think about it, our Tanner Holden's transition has been a little bit more difficult probably than everyone's expected. Yeah. A play like that, uh, I think changes the way he walks in gym every day. A play like that, you know, in a way, gives coach a little bit more confidence in him. A play like that is basically something that, look, you saw what Bryce Sensabaugh's been able to do. You saw what Thornton's been able to do. You know, you want to develop, you know, uh, some type of rotation. But, look, that's a big, big-time play. And I really like, look, offensively, you guys are really good in terms of what you do, how you do it, why you do it. Uh, you know, obviously, I'm a big I'm a big Bryce Sensabaugh fan. I'd like to see him be just a little bit tougher defensively, a little more committed defensively. And, you know, Coach Holman, he'll get him to that point. Uh, learning how to guard from high school to college is, is the biggest adjustment, how to get through screens, get in the floor position, not following the fly to the ball, cutting people out when the ball gets shot, sitting in a stance off the ball, all those things – it takes time. It doesn't happen. And all those teams that play young players and almost every team in the country, quite honestly, right now is a work in progress. Yeah. Everyone's a work in progress. You know, Hey, Purdue is really good. They're a work in progress. Houston is good. They can't score. I can go to every single team that everyone thinks is really good. And I could find an if in terms of what, where they are now and where they need to get to come March. Well, then let's let's start with Ohio State. You know, Joey and I are obviously very, very positive as much as possible on the show. But, you know, we're in March. Ohio State's not the seed they want to be. They didn't have the greatest Big Ten season. Why did that happen? 
Well, I think that they didn't continue to improve defensively. I think they're about 70th in defense efficiency right now. I think guys that you have to have on the floor offensively have to continue to be able to defend. They didn't continue to develop and play through Zed Key. Uh, all of a sudden, Thornton maybe didn't continue to improve the way he has. Because I think he's I, – I absolutely love his game. Oh, yeah. I think he has a toughness. I think he's committed defensively. I think he's physical. I think he's got leadership skills. Uh, and then probably Justice Suing – uh, he needs to embrace his role. His role is different than maybe he thought it was coming into the season. Like, and, and look, it, the Big Ten is the best scouted league in the, in the country. They're not going to let him get to his left hand. <laughs> That's just the way it is. They're not. I mean, he's going to, so he's going to have to, he can't chase stuff. He's got to let stuff run the floor, get out in transition, get to the offensive glass, hit a spot, uh, back dribble, make the extra pass, let things come to you. Uh, but I, I, I like their team, and I like, you know, Zed Key is what, what a fun, just really cool to watch his development and his growth. He's been really, really impressive. And McNeil is, you know, look, he's been great. You know, I mean, he's he's been great. So I like the makeup of their team. And, and the league is not great. It's good. But it's not great. Yeah, you, you know, I mean, I think Purdue is really special. I think Indiana, you saw what happened. You lose one player like Jalen Hochefino, and all of a sudden Xavier Johnson said, well, he had 11 assists. Yeah, but you know what? He had 11 assists, but, you know, him off the ball, Shafino on the ball, another perimeter defender, another physical body. Uh, look at look at what Xavier Johnson's offensive, his shots aren't as good. His shot selection is not as good. Uh, you know, so uh, – the league just top to bottom. Michigan without Llewellyn, who could have maybe developed, is not as good. Michigan State's got to get healthy when they get Malik Hall back. Uh, Illinois, because of the young guards and, and the two transfers, you know, the worst thing that happened and the best thing that happened to Illinois was Shadow making those threes. But, but, you know, he's got to understand, get to the offensive glass, attack the, you know, attack and transition. So everyone's got an if. No, no doubt. And, and, I have like an ongoing joke on Twitter, right? That the big 10 is the best conference in the country. And I'd say that half joking, half serious top to bottom. They're super deep. Anybody can win any night. Any team can beat anybody, but there's no juggernaut. And there hasn't been for a few years. We're talking ifs Purdue is number one in the country. They're undefeated. They're looking like Zach Eady looks like the best player to ever touch a basketball unstoppable. But at the end of the year, are they going to be the best team in the big 10 come March? I think they, I actually think they have a lot of room for growth. I think very Smith, that to me, he's going to continue to get better. Fletcher lawyer doesn't play like, for those, those are two freshmen that don't play like freshmen. Yeah. Now the big question is when teams get up and underneath them. All right. You know, can you pressure Braden Smith? I'm not sure. I'll tell you what, he gets in that ball screen, especially going to his right hand with, with Edie. You're in a predicament because he can finish. If you then stay home, he can finish. If you show it all, I mean, you could throw it anywhere near the basket. You know, they've got depth with first. They've got depth with 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 Mason. They they've just got a lot of different pieces. I think right now they they without a doubt, I think they've separated themselves significantly from the rest of the league. They are tier one almost by themselves. Tier two could be eight teams. Yeah, I mean, it, it could be legitimately eight teams. Like. I said this a month ago when the season started, and you know when Wisconsin was rated what they were rated, they're going to be there. Always, they're going to be there. I mean, that's just the way. It's just the way it is. They're going to be there. I mean, uh, 
you know, Chucky Hepburn is competitive. Obviously, uh, Seijin is going to only get better, and he fits exactly what they're doing. Obviously, Tyler Wall's uh, a matchup issue. Uh, so, like everyone else, Michigan State's going to get better when they get Malik back. But they're not great. You know, I mean, they're not great. Michigan's not great. They got Hunter, but they don't have enough shot makers around him. Uh, so, I mean, they have issues. Uh, you go right through the league. I would say in tier two, my gut feeling is that in Ohio State, Michigan State, Wisconsin, at the, Maryland at the back end of that, because if Donna Scott gets in foul trouble, like you saw yesterday, you know, they can't score. Uh, right. Putting a lot of pressure on Jameer Young. So, I mean, but the league's good luck. The Greens, the best scouted league. It, every game is an event, but it's not the best league in college basketball. That's right now. The, and the ACC is not even close. Right, it's right. The big, it's the Big 12. So, and the, and the SEC is the second best conference in college basketball. Missouri, Missouri, um, but <laughs> Missouri, Missouri. Hey, 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 you're not going to be running around trapping and scrambling against a team that plays an elite point guard and three six seven dudes that can sling it all over the place. I liked when they went zone in the second half for a little bit. I, I that that trapping stuff, you know, less you're not you're not going to bully good teams. I I I am with you. Um, <laughs> Joey will be mad if we derail this too much with with. Oh. It may come up naturally, but my question to you, and I'm hoping your answer is North Carolina, but it doesn't have to be. What has surprised you the most early on in this season? What surprised me the most? Let's see, you go the you go down negatively. I mean, like, you know, I mean, like I mean, like to yeah, North Carolina. Yeah, I mean, surprised me not in the top 25 from number one. I'm not sure they were number one. I mean, Pete Nance is a nice player, but he's not Brady Manic. Uh, you've got uh, two guards that are t- basically their guards are taking 70% of their shots. I'm going to say that again. Their backcourt before last game were taking 70% of their shots. That's insane. Uh, they've got to go back to establishing Armando Baycott. They got to go back to getting out of transition. They got to go back to offensive rebounding. They got to go back to being a committed defensive team that they were in the NCAA tournament and they're right at the end of the season. So I'd say, I'd say on the negative side, you could say that it's North Carolina. I, th- I don't like the way Kentucky's playing, uh, but I don't think Kentucky's roster is very good. I think Kentucky's roster is the fourth best roster in in the SEC. I mean, if you look at it, Oscar Sheboy is Oscar Sheboy. Jacob Toppin's got to be consistent. He has not been. Uh, you know, uh, CJ Frederick hasn't gotten t- into that rhythm you'd like him. They don't have depth at the four spot. I'd say I'm going to go to the positive side. I'd say Purdue and UConn. I mean, U- UConn could win the whole thing. I mean, UConn is a team that even when their two best players don't play, when Snowgum and Jordan Hawkins don't play, they still win by double digits. And they've got a unicorn in Andre Jackson, who's a six foot seven inch point forward that can defend, run, rebound, defensive rebounds, a transition opportunity. Donovan Klingon is like Zach Eady 1.0. I mean, he's a mountain masquerading as a man, uh, and he compliments Dama Snowgum. So you got those two guys. Jordan Hawkins is not a good shooter. He's an elite shooter, a world-class shooter. So I'm going to say, I'm going to say on the positive side, those two guys, those two teams have been really uh, impressive uh, to me. So coach, you said mountain masquerading as a man. We know that that's one of your go-tos. What are some of your other favorite sayings? Cause 
we know you you're plentiful on that front. Uh, no, when, no, no. when Zach Eady is on ESPN and playing and they go to you at halftime and he dunks the ball, you can take out your phone and record it and you know that every time Well, it's, it's either that or he's playing Nerf basketball. The dude plays Nerf basketball. <laughs> yeah. You know, you get a guy that's turning it over a lot, he makes coffee nervous. Uh but uh no, I'm I'm not, you know, I'm not I'm not drawing Rothstein now. I'm not I'm not a man of uh you know, a zillion, a zillion one-liners. I mean, I, you know, my, my favorite thing is the hardest point toughest team finds a way to win. I mean, that's, that, that's, that's just a fact. I mean, like if you compete and then, uh, you know, that playing hard is, is a skill and playing hard is the hardest thing to learn to teach a young player. I think that, I think that's the biggest thing I think. And I love what Chris is doing uh, at Ohio state because the most important job for an assistant coach is to know who can play for your head coach. It's the most important thing and finding winning players, finding guys that understand how to be good teammates, finding guys that understand that you are your habits, finding guys that understand that you got to show up every single day to get better, finding guys that understand how to deal with adversity, finding understand guys that, you know, are going to be patient uh, and not let the static, you know, get in the way, finding guys that can eliminate the static and, and enjoy where they are with both feet in is really hard in college basketball because the first question that recruits parents and, and players want to know is instead of like, uh, you know, style of play and, and things of that, how long are they going to be there and what's their NIL deal? Was that a Tanner Holden joke by saying both feet in or, or just a coincidence? No, but that was, that was good though. Dr. Z, way to pay attention. I like that. That's what I, I think about. It. Despite your horrific golf game, you pay attention. <laughs> Can we, coach? Can we can we give you one to to say on that same note about toughness? Is sure. This is this is the Holtman motto. It's sign as you walk out of the gym to go to practice to go on the court for games. S- same wavelength. Toughest team sets the rules. It's just oh yeah, it's great. It's hundred percent, and it's it, just it, and it, it is. It's so true. And like when we play Rutgers, that's like the MO, right? Rutgers, that's what they're trying to do. It's like you're beating Rutgers at their own game. And that's where I think that for Ohio State specifically, right? Like that's how you you change the tide on the defensive end is just be a little more forceful. Like if you're going to make mistakes, make some aggressive mistakes, maybe yeah. foul a guy instead of, you know, two, have two people going to the ball, not no people going to the ball. Like make some yeah. aggressive mistakes and be tough. And for Bryce Sensible even specifically, like – that cures a lot. Energy and toughness cures a lot. Yeah. And, you know, the other one is you just got to have guys that like uh, the one thing we did have in our practice besides our hardest play is I'm in all in. You can't have one foot in one foot out. Yep. All right. Even if you're playing records. No, uh, <laughs> I mean, you got to have, you got to have both fit in. Even, even if, even if someone else hasn't touched the ball. Ten, ten toes but, down. But, but I mean, it, you really do because it's so hard to get guys to, buy in like I, I i don't want to mention name but i was just on the phone with a coach that i spent a lot of time with and they're good and it's great that they're good and like i'm a big believer in you are your habits and you know just reinforcing that how did we get where we are today all right we got in where we are by putting good days on top of each other we got in where we are by being true to our core beliefs and our non-negotiables we got it where we are by living our habits we got where we are because we coach our locker room and there's a voice in our locker room that makes sure that we stay focused on the important things and and that's a really hard thing in in the world we live in 
with instant gratification. We're world we live in where all these players have individual agents. We're world we live in where, who knows? I mean, you know, some guys are making more than others. And if you saw what happened in football, like the, the football teams that had a big hyped up NIL stuff, like Miami and Texas Tech, probably the two that people talked about the most for NIL. All right. Look what happened to them. It's human nature. It's human. And it's not NIL. So let's eliminate the NIL. What's Ohio State's collective? Um, the foundation. All right. The foundation. It's pay for play. Enough of the NIL BS. Because that's what it is. So let's, let's, let's eliminate calling it NIL. Let's call pay for play because eventually it's going to be contracts. How do we solve the transfer portal? We, we, we give these guys contracts and then all of a sudden you, you get a two-year contract and that's how you, you know, and there'll be stipulations, academic and behavioral and things like that, but it had nothing to do with performance, but that's, and that's why everyone is in, you know, the big Ten's trying to put together this monster league and the SEC is trying to put it because the bigger the league, the bigger the television contract, the more money for the institution so they can afford the contracts. I think in a couple of years, we've got to get the transfer portal under control because you're seeing it in football right now. Who isn't in a transfer portal? Like the kid May from North Carolina because his whole family went to North Carolina. But I mean, like... like we thought he was going to be a Buckeye. Joey, Joey, you're going to be in the transfer. You would have been in the transfer portal. Absolutely not. With my Buckeye roots, you think I'm leaving here? No shot. That is true. It's it's hard when you're the, you are literally one of the most beloved former players in the history of the university. It's hard when I'm when I'm theoretically a mountain masquerading as a man walking around campus. Not literally, I, but I think of you, Kellogg, and I'm not sure who else would go next. And, and Greg Oden. Yeah, Greg Oden, exactly. <laughs> and I, I and I you know I would have said Kraft, but I would think that you know you surpassed Kraft by now. There's, there's he's, too some he's too busy. He's too busy, you know, medical school. There, there's, a, there's a funny photo from my senior year of me and Kraft talking before practice and everybody. It's it's a funny joke because obviously Aaron Kraft is one of, if not the first name you think of for Ohio State basketball, at least in recent years. And the photos like me and, and Aaron and there's a bunch of captions that are like, there's a Buckeye legend and Aaron Kraft, you know, like. <laughs> exactly. exactly. I, as I expect, I, mean, yeah. I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't expect anything less. And Aaron's too I nice. Just wanted, I just want to know where the statue of Dr. Z is at Mizzou. If I haven't heard of it. It's in the bars. <laughs> Andrew, do more people know you at Ohio state or Mizzou? Like if you just were going to a game. I mean, probably equal amount of no random people saying what's up to me at both the Ohio State <laughs> games and the Mizzou games, except coach last time in the TBT though. Yes. That's way different. And, and last time I was at Ohio state against Duke, Greg Oden turned around and said, what's up, man. Good to see you. You lost some weight. You're looking good. So that's never happened to me with an assistant coach at, at Mizzou. Well, you see that there it is. When you imagine how you'd be, how big you'd be if you went to a Butler game. <laughs> it's it's funny because that same Duke game, we stormed the court because obviously why would we not storm the court? And then we were like, hold on, this is we probably we're probably a little too old for this. Let's let's leave <laughs> as everyone after it died down a little bit. And we're standing next to where everybody goes into the locker room because we had just like walked Kyle Young back because like he was like hyperventilating and, and really excited, but also a little nervous. And so we walked him back and then um, out comes coach Holtman jogging off the court and he sees Andrew and like runs up and gives him a huge hug. So like Andrew is on there fire. You go. Right He's there. honorary. He's on. Yeah. Let me ask you this. 
I mean, I, my teams have won some games where uh, the, the court was stormed. Yeah. Like when people storm the court, once you get there, what do you do? Uh, so it's uh, 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 a great question. I stormed the court once. So I stormed the court, stormed the field a bunch at Ohio State. Because right, when you got when you got to the O, what'd you do? Yeah. <laughs> took videos, took pictures with my friends, found players that I knew it was a little bit different, right? Like I went to find like Paris Campbell and some Ohio State guys that I knew to like give them a hug and tell them like congrats. But then it's like there's music playing, you're dancing, it's just like you're just making memories. I don't know. It's a little silly though. But, I, but it's, if you're watching it's, on look, TV, I, I you're love like, it. You know, I'm the commissioner of court stuff. Yeah. yeah, and what what is your thought? Because I have my I have my thought. It's very very simple. Here's the deal. If it's not sold out. You can't storm the court because obviously the game wasn't that big. It's got to be wow. sold. Out. That's I like first that. And foremost. So how about so how about here's mine? Is if you can storm the court, you should storm the court. No, no. You see, here's the thing. If, if if first of all, like if you're beating a team that's not a ranked team. You should never storm the court. What if it's a rivalry? If you're, if you're if you're ranked in the top ten, it's like you've been there before. Okay, so but what if what if theoretically it was Duke North Carolina? That oh, they never, never no, they never stop. You know, you know the lowest different. point in the history of Duke basketball. The lowest point when they made that half court shot against me at Duke. Yeah, you know what? They stormed the court. It's the oh. lowest point in Duke history. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I, I have video to prove it. And by the way, I let Jay Will and Bills all know that that's, you guys stormed the court beating Virginia Tech. Are you kidding me? First of all, a, you screwed, me, you screwed me on the clock because there was only supposed to be 1.3 seconds left. And of course, they found six tenths of a second. But, but then if, you guys stormed the court. Coach K was losing his mind. He was like shooting people back in the stands. Um, I, what if in theory, just, just while I'm just throwing hypothetical court stormers, because I love when people storm the court because that's what's so great about sports. But um, what if there was a rivalry, two unranked teams, but one team has never hasn't beaten the team in 20 years or something crazy, 20 games, 20 game losing streak. So two crappy teams and one team finally got to win. No, they might be good. They're not. I mean, they might, maybe they're mid major teams that it's sold out. They're the two best teams in the conference, but they're both unranked. Yeah. I mean, like when you cut to mid major, it's different because you're not playing against ranked teams. What if I know, you're, I know, what if no, you're no, winning? Like when I was at Long Beach, we beat UNLV. We never stormed the court. What about if you're winning a conference championship? Oh yeah, uh, let's get the ladder out and let the players. Sell but like a, like a like a maybe a small maybe <laughs> a, a storming yeah. up like family and friends. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, look, I think it's great. I'm a I'm a I'm a big. I think it, it's great. Like the fines and all that jazz. Who cares? I mean, uh, football's a little different because that wall you're jumping over, like. It's a Sometimes lot. It's, yeah, it's a, it's a lot. I mean, and you can't like take down the basketball goals, but you can take down the field goals and stuff. Yeah, like, so you take down a field goal, right? <laughs> and the goals like, and you march through your town. All right, and when you're done marching, you just like leave it somewhere. What do you? They do threw it in the river. Tennessee threw it in the river. All right, I mean, like, I mean, like, okay, so you went through <laughs> all that effort to tear that thing down, and you threw it in the river. Like, I mean, like. What's up? And then you know what? They just put another one up. You, yeah, like tearing down hoops. Like people used to, people when they used to court so used to climb in the hoops and sit in a rim. That used to be a big thing. Yeah, I'm going to do that. Never next done time. it. Never, I've do never done it. Dr. Z, I mean, like we've seen court storming at the end of the TBT. Yeah. Sarah, when Syracuse won. That, that, well, we, me and Andrew court storm every single game because we're recording the last shot. 
Well, I mean, I mean, you guys are, you know, you, you know, you guys are big time members of the media. I mean, I'm not sure. I mean, Dr. Z, how about your new job? I mean, like, can I get a little love eventually? Like, you know, one of the, you know, I, I, you know, I mean, like one of the voices of TBT. I mean, so I, you know. I'll let you in on a little secret. I was going to do a, a little segment about all the times you said gang gang, but I'll let you in on a little social media secret here. People don't like when you have to listen, they want to see it. And there's not enough footage of you like physically saying it, it's all you got to hear it. So I'm looking for Coach Greenberg. Oh, you, you had you had us. We had when we interviewed uh, when we opened up the, uh, one of the games, the, the one of the games they played in. Yeah, we gave a little gang gang when we had my 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 guy uh, Coco Eaton son. Uh, kidding me? Those are my guys. I'll find them. I'll find them. Don't worry. I'm working through a big big Rolodex. Of of highlights and clips, I'm probably going to do the Va- the Vosters uh, tape soon. You know, he's he's the big wig. <laughs> oh, is that it? Now he's the big wig. Okay, he is the big. Wig. He's the voice of the of the of the Hawks. I mean, of yeah. the hockey team. Yeah. Wait, Coach, I gotta I gotta let my producer side of me come out here for a second. I want an excuse to make the title of this episode Ohio State versus North Carolina preview with. Seth Greenberg. So can you give us a four second <laughs> sentence, Ohio State versus North Carolina preview? Sure, I can give you more than that if you want. Yeah, I think the most important thing in the, in the Ohio State North Carolina game is that, you know, you've got to take North Carolina, you've got to first and foremost pressure the guards, push them out of step, get them out of rhythm. Because what happens, you know, the, t- the games that they played in North Carolina, they pushed out or they have not handled pressure well. You saw that in the Indiana game. Indiana pushed them out, got them out of rhythm, and what it do, it impacted their shot selection. Uh, it seems to me that North Carolina, instead of getting the ball moved from side to side or back, back dribble versus pressure, seem to, seems to just try to put their head down and attack pressure. So then you got to get back on defense. You're going to have to keep them off the glass. And then offensively, get it to the second side. If you get it to the second side, Ohio State will get good shots. Attack them on the first side. I don't think makes sense. Uh, Carolina in general, they got to play through Baycott. Caleb Love and RJ Davis's shot selection needs to improve. And they've got to get back to playing winning basketball when it starts defensively and establish with Baycott. On the other side, Ohio State, I think they're going to make them defend. I think you got to keep them off the glass. And their shot selection needs to be good because the shots, your defensive transition is connected to your shot selection. So if they take good shots and have good floor balance, they'll be able to set their defense. And right now, thus far this season, you know, North Carolina has struggled scoring in the half court. As a coach, what are you telling your players in the locker room about to get a team ready to play, you know, a team that had final four aspirations before the season, but now you may look and they've had a few losses, maybe not what you thought when you got the schedule, you know, a year ago. This time of the year, I'm worried about my team. I'm worried. You know, so like when we're talking about what do we have to do to win? Who are we and how do we win? Let's stay true to our identity. Let's stay true to our, our what makes us good. Our what makes us good is, you know what? We're going to move the ball. We're going to move the defense. We're going to get the shot we want. Uh, we're going to play through Zed and make Armando Baycott defend defensively all right we're going to be connected defensively we're going to force them to shoot hard tough contested shots and limit them to one shot so we do the things we're supposed to do well all right every winning and losing takes care of itself so you know talking about carolina you know look that's that 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 that's uber's responsibility i'm worried about what we're doing we know carolina 
best talent. We know they have great tradition. We know this is obviously uh, a great opportunity, one of our last opportunities in preseason to get another quality win. Uh, and this is a game that can get get us ready for, you know, Big Ten play. So I'm not worried about, you know, how many games Carolina's lost. I'm more worried about what we need to do to be successful. Being successful for Ohio State is executing offensively, playing through Zed, being solid defensively, setting our defense, keeping the game in front, forcing contested shots, and limiting them to one shot. Before we let you go, Coach, obviously, you know, Ohio State-themed, focused podcast. What's the ceiling for the Buckeyes this year, in your opinion? I think they can be a second-weekend team. I think they have a lot of growth for improvement. I think, look, when, when you're relying on two freshmen, those guys are only going to continue to get better. Uh, I think that they have a legit guy they can play through in the post. Uh, I think they've got enough experience, uh, which I think is important. Uh, and they're one of those teams that don't beat themselves. You know, they're not turning over at a high rate. They're not going to give you a ton of second shots. Uh, I think the one thing that I would say is that they've got to find a way to score some easy baskets. You know, I think that's, you know, that, that's, that's one of the things. Like, who, who is going to go get a shot? You know, is it sensible when, you know, you know, at the end of the game, you know, as the season goes along, maybe not yet. Is it playing through Zed and then playing out of the double team? Because I think a lot of people are going to double them. Uh, I think that's something that can happen. But the, the great thing about Chris's team, one, they continue to get better. Number two is they don't beat themselves. And uh, which makes them a hard out because they, they, they do have a physicality to them. So uh, could they be? I mean, I, I think that's probably, you know, would be best case scenario. But I, I just look at them. I like their team. I think Thornton's going to be a really hard player to play against. I think Sue and Setsma are two guys that have good size strength and get you some easy baskets. I mean, obviously, Zed is is very, very good. I think they're developing their front court in terms of depth. So, yeah, I, I think that would be best case scenario. And I think that, you know, they have a chance to grow during the season because there are some potential rock and chair games in the, in the Big Ten to develop your bench. Last, we can only hope so. <laughs> yeah. Last, last question for me, not related at all to Ohio State, technically not related at all to college basketball. Thoughts on Victor Wembenyama, because you do a lot of draft stuff come draft time. Yeah, that guy, shoot, watching him is like a joke. I mean, it's, it's, it's almost illegal. I mean, like the things he, the, the videos we watch on him and the plays that he can make, um, you know, he's like, uh, I don't know, what is he, 7'4"? Is that what he is? Yeah. He's a 7'4 Greek freak that can shoot the three. Not, not, not that's allowed to shoot the three, that actually shoot the three. I mean, he, he the game looks so easy to him. The game looks so easy to him, he doesn't look like he's 7'4". Which is, he's, you know. He's unreal. He's unreal. Yeah, he's unreal. Um, all right, coach, we appreciate the time. You've asked us a bunch of questions during the show. You obviously know how we, we end everything. Do you have anything else for us? I know you, it's been a kind of a while since all three of us have been together on a zoom. Any other questions for us? All right. I want you guys to handicap the big 10. I released, I released my first power rankings today and it's a little serious, little not serious. I still think, I think Purdue is incredible, right? Like they're, Head and shoulders above everybody else, literally because of Zach Eady, but also um, because they have been so impressive so far. And all that with a freshman backcourt, like you said, they're only going to get better. I'm a big, big, big Fletcher Lawyer fan. But um, 
I still think Illinois, there's something about them that I just can't shake. I think that they are super talented. They're just learning how to play together. So many transfers, so many high-level guys, so many NBA guys. I mean, I just, I really do think that they're my, they're, they're, I wouldn't say they're, they have the best chance of winning necessarily, right? Because they're 0-2 now. But I, I think that they might go the furthest in March. Um, and then, I mean, Indiana, I think are, I don't want to throw out the F word, the fraud word yet, but like if they lose games. That's Ohio State. Did it out of fraud. You you can't evaluate until you get Hood Shafino back. That's what I was going to say. Until they they lose a game that they shouldn't in the way that they did with him in the lineup, I I don't feel right calling them a fraud. But you beat beat North Carolina at home by a lot, but like North Carolina, they're not that good apparently, right? So it's. They're talented, but not a good team yet. Right, exactly. So Indiana, at home. exactly. You got to win a big game. You got to beat a good team on the road. That's exactly. Find well, out how good they had an opportunity to do that against Rutgers, and they got pounded. Right. So that that's where I kind of stand with them. I, I mean, I think Ohio State is still below all those teams. Right. I think Ohio State is right with with the Maryland, the Wisconsin, the the maybe Michigan Iowa State. when they're healthy of of the world, and then from there it's like you know, a bunch of teams that could win any night, but could lose any night. And that's what Andrew loves to say. And I don't want to steal his thunder. Like Nebraska beats Creighton and then they lose to Indiana and and then they could go and they almost beat Purdue. Right. So it's, it's a really interesting year. I, I really think that maybe Minnesota is the only team that's like a check the box team in the league right now. Yeah, maybe Northwestern. I mean, but other than that, it's like, but Boo in keep you in games and if they make shots, you know, I mean, you know, maybe Michigan State on the road. Yeah. You know, it's like yeah. it's it's it'll be an interesting year because, like you said, the Big Ten are they great? Absolutely not. But top to bottom, no one wants to play any of the teams come March. That's a fact. And so it, it'll be interesting. They'll get nine teams in the tournament again. But the nine, yeah, team- I, I don't know if people mind playing teams in March. They'll like they're going to get nine teams in the tournament, right? I mean, because so last year no one really was worried about playing any teams in March. <laughs> I'd be hey, worried Dr. about Dr. Z, give me the scoop on the SEC. Come on now. Uh, oh. Is uh, is Mizzou, uh, you know, an upper half? I mean. Are we allowed to say the F word for them, coach? No, the schedule hasn't been overly competitive, yeah. but uh, but <laughs> Sorry, hard to was, play against. I'm feeling your question. Uh, do, do, Dr. Z, who you, who, who you like? So I, I like this Mizzou team. Because it's fresh faces. We loved Coach Martin. He came on the show, but I'm all in on Gates. The podcast, we're all in on Coach Gates. I'm not even going to talk about the SEC because I got to take this the Dr. Z route. This is what I wanted to happen. I wanted, okay, Gates comes to Mizzou, brings Drew Joyce with him, assistant coach. That's enough of a pull. Hey, Bronny, come to Mizzou. You know, make your own road at Mizzou, and then LeBron comes on drive the lane. That was my whole plan. Oh, there you go. <laughs> that was my whole plan. Yeah, totally selfish. Yeah, so selfish. Don't care if Drew Joyce is a good recruiter for the SEC or not. Wanted him to hopefully bring Bronny and LeBron to the better Columbia, not to be confused with Columbia, South Carolina. Joey, and there's two Columbians. I was, was going to correct you. I just did, okay. Thank you for clearing that up. Um, but but yeah. So Bronny to Mizzou almost happened. You heard it here first, Coach. I got to give you my my LeBron story because you're going to die. 
when he when Brownie came and visited, of course, I went to practice with some of my teammates because we knew Brownie was coming. So we went to practice. We walked in and the assistant coaches were like, Joey, all you guys, your seats are over there and pointed <laughs> the far corner of the gym. And, he's, and they said, don't stand up. Don't take out your phones. Don't, they were like giving us a lecture. And sure enough, LeBron walks in like 10 minutes later and they like point at us and we're like, no, no, don't you dare. Don't you dare. And we're and just you were dying laughing. And you were coachable. Very coachable. I I was not, it was me. It was me, Kyle Young, Mark Titus, and a couple other guys. And we were like, we're going to do what I they say. That whole recruitment's going to be really interesting, to be honest with you. I mean, he's a good player. He's actually on TV tonight, uh, tomorrow night, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, against Mellis. But, but, you know, there's a lot, there's a lot that unfolds with it. Let's put it that way. Yeah. That he ain't going to Ohio to, State. Don't worry. That, you, want, you, have, you have to deal with. But uh, just a quick SEC. The SEC for Dr. Z, Mississippi State's for real. That they're as good a defensive team as I've seen in a long time. Uh, Alabama's for real. I mean, like for real, for real. Noah Clowney is a monster. And obviously, Brandon Miller's been very good. And Jaden Bradley's been very, very good. And uh, the SEC and the Big 12 are the two deepest, uh, I think, the two best conferences in college basketball. Not even close. Yeah. I mean, you asked so. upper half for Mizzou, maybe. Technically, they're in the upper half, but they're nowhere near that top tier or probably even the second tier. I mean, you didn't even mention Arkansas, who is good every single year. All not You didn't do anything wrong. I'm not saying. No, no, look, you, look, you saying, got Alabama, I'm just you got adding Arkansas, to you got, yeah, I mean, look, this, they have a lot of good teams. The league is is really, really good. It's really yeah. good. It's going to be fun to watch that thing. There's going to be a lot of, because they want this, a running, jumping, hard playing dudes in that league. And I'm, the coaching's good in that league. I have, a, I have a little nugget to leave you with. I don't know if you're going to like this or rip it apart, but you ready? In the, big, in the Big Ten, the regular season winner, the Big Ten championship winner, and the team that makes it the furthest in March will all be different. That could be it in the Big Ten. I could see yeah. that. Well, I think, I think Purdue is going to be the regular season winner before it all shakes out. Um, you know, yeah, conference I we'll go the first. Huh? And Ohio State will go the furthest. Who cares what the other one is? There you go. There you go. Right. <laughs> hey, and, and people, just because you know, I've said a, a bunch of nice things about Ohio State, I'm not, you know, I think Chris is the best. So please don't at me. <laughs> you guys are the best. Coach, thanks for your time. We appreciate it. All we'll right. talk to you soon. Yeah, I look forward to it. Thanks. Right. Thanks, Coach. We hope you enjoyed that interview with Coach analyst. No, I'm just kidding. Hope you enjoyed that interview with Seth Greenberg. Always great to have him on the show. Like we mentioned, a lot of, we, we got one month or so left of potential crossover content with football and basketball, and then it's all in basketball. Spoiler alert, we're going to have a recurring guest on next week's episode, but I, I have a feeling you will not be able to guess who that is, listener, but if you do, we will shout you out on the show. Just shoot us a tweet, shoot us a DM. Joey. Andrew attacks. Score prediction on the North Carolina game. 78-67 Buckeyes. Wow. All right. Oh, I lied. 83-72 Buckeyes. Mm, that's a lot of points. Correct. That's coming off of what? A 65-64 win? 
North Carolina, there's going to be so many possessions, lots of points. We're the third highest offensive efficiency team in the country, according to Kempom, Andrew. Of course, we're going to score points. Oh, are you wondering what the top-rated five-person lineup is in the entire country? It's our starting lineup. So, yeah, chew on that. Chew on that. I like that. I like that stat. I wonder how long that stays a stat. Until tomorrow, probably. If not already changed. Maybe. All right. Shout out to Denny. Intro, outro. Shout out to Brainfield. B-R-E-I-N-F-U-E-L.com. If you're still sticking around and listening, thank you. Buckle up. Drive the lane. Go Buckeyes. Beat the Tar Heels. Clocking out early. That's the dish I don't like. Been getting paid since I was riding on the bike. Hit the pedal with the eighth. Hopping on the ninth flight. I've been chilling out of sight. I'll be at the bar tonight. Told the bartender, go and take my car to swipe. You try the same thing, but your car get declined. White rappers nowadays know we're not too hard to find. I'm so dapper with my ways. I'm gonna linger in your mind. Always told me good things. Look, I'm too dull to our patient. But I've been way too patient. Riding bars in my basement. I'm anxious in the real world. It's time for me to say this. The basics, the talent in my mind. I can't waste it. My life is too safe. It's my time for it. Staking. I'm baking my mind. Every day is the same ish. Lazy, my grind needs to get a new facelift. Coming from the underground and busting through the pavement. Right with it. And lean with it. My team winning. My team winning. Now right with it. And lean with it. My team turn up. When I spit it, I rock with it, and lean with it, my team with it, my team with it, now rock with it, and lean with it, my team turned up, when I spit it. Don't think that I'm playing because I'm saving the game, and I said that I will be more because oh yeah, that is so raving, racing and pacing around all these lames in my lane, out my way, unless you're trying to pay me, not from the playpen, it's coming from the jungle, when you hear the bell, you better be Go ahead and spit some bars, but you're probably just gonna mumble. A lot of rappers these days really need to get them humble. Cause they think they at the top, they better stop before they stumble. Cause I'm swiping all their biddies while they swiping right on mumble. And your girl, he calls me daddy, but she only calls you uncle. But no, we not related, homie. No, we not some fam. You never get in clubs, you can't even get in sand. You never get in dubs like the Browns from the land. When push comes to shove, wave that towel in your hand. My team.